Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Who Actually Knows podcast, episode 46. We're almost to 50. Four more. Super excited. But I'm recording this on a Monday morning. It is not the best weather. I'm in the comfiest sweats that I own, and I've actually, I'm going to be completely honest, I've been wearing them for a couple days now. So they're worn in, but that's kind of like the best. And I woke up this morning feeling really inspired. And I didn't really realize it until I was had this epiphany this morning. I finished a book and I just I was like on top of the moon. I was like, wow, I feel really inspired. Like I want to go and create and like record. And I was thinking about this podcast and it just felt really good. And I realized I had been in a little bit of a funk in the more creative realm and it's sometimes you don't really realize it until like you know the clouds leave and so I would say my funk creative clouds have left and this morning I've just been feeling really good I kind of want to just like pump out multiple podcast episodes maybe we will we probably won't I'll probably just do one today but this week I do have a few podcast ideas guests episodes in the works so I'm super excited and honestly just really thankful that the creative juices are flowing and they're here and it feels really good for a Monday morning um and yeah so we're gonna keep those creative juices flowing hopefully I also have realized that I've been way more present in my life which is something that was a goal and a resolution for my 2024. And the way that I realized it, which I'm so thankful of, I've been able to spend a lot of good quality time with a lot of good people. I've mentioned I have had so many visitors. Um, And this weekend I was in LA and I didn't have visitors, but got to really hang out and get good quality time with a lot of people here that I met when I first moved. And also my roommate Haley and some of her best friends came. And it just felt really good. We had a lot of fun. And I just realized I was just like there enjoying everyone's company, enjoying the food, the drinks, this, like the chill time, the in-between. And it made me feel more present and I was actually aware of it. So that's a little check-in on my resolutions and my goals is that I have been been able to feel more present. I also think it helps too. And I've talked about this a little bit, but I am someone who romanticizes their life. I love romanticizing the little things. And I also am someone who has hyper fixations. So I fixate on colors or sounds, smells, tastes, as weird as they are. But because they're like super small things, when I realize that I'm enjoying them more, that also, it also, it makes me like zoom, zoom out. Which is weird because it's little, maybe you would have to zoom in. But like zoom out and realize that not a lot of like, the big things that we worry day to day really matter it is about the small things and who you're surrounding yourself with and people like that or like your favorite color, or your favorite snack, like all these little hyper fixations are kind of what makes the days more special. So I've been focusing on that. That has helped tremendously. So if anyone needs a tip on how to just like feel like they are the main character in their life, find a hyper fixation. It can be the smallest thing and romanticize it and enjoy the little things. Seriously, it's helped so, so much. This morning, I also said I finished a book and I finished When Breath Becomes Air. And it's by Paul and I can't, I'm going to, I can't remember his last name. But it's this doctor that gets diagnosed with terminal um, lung cancer. And his whole life, he's been like focused on facing death and the meaning of life. And how do you live that meaning of life when he is 
a very spiritual, I don't even know if spiritual is the right word, but spiritually as an intellectual way. But then also he's a doctor. So there's science back. So it's very, it's a cool, very cool perspective. And I had been recommended it a lot and I, it, I blew through it. It's one of those books that I kind of want to buy a copy just because it's so good. So I highly recommend reading When Breath Becomes Air by Paul. Don't remember his last name, but there you go. And all of this is to say, all of this is to say, that honestly, nothing. This is just the intro to the podcast. And now we're actually going to get into it. This is going to be a very short and sweet podcast. I don't want to go into too many details about it, but I just hope that we can kind of have more of a conversation around it because this is all about therapy. This is podcast 46 called Dear Therapist. And honestly, it's a letter to myself and to anyone else who might be starting their therapy journey on things that they need to work on or like little tidbits and points, things that I didn't know when I started this new therapy journey and like almost wish I did. Um, So yeah, we're just, we're really going to get into it. And we'll start with me saying that my therapy journey started in, I would say, 2021. I've had like, th- I've had three different therapists. I've started and stopped a lot. Um, I'm very fortunate that my work was able to give me like, I think, 10 free sessions through BetterHelp. So I tried BetterHelp twice. I tried it with two different therapists. And I gave them each, I think, like three sessions of a trial run. And I didn't connect with any of them. I really felt like I went and I I talked. And I know you have to give them a few sessions, but I went and I talked. And I felt like I was almost leading or prompting them. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know. I just, I didn't feel the connection. And I didn't feel like they were even saying anything back or like making me open up I felt like it was all on me um come to find out that BetterHelp all doesn't always have uh like doctors who have their PhD in psychology a lot of them are just licensed some of them are even social workers so once I figured that out and kind of saw that trend of I'm going and I'm speaking and a lot of times it does help when you can just say things out loud like just get it out there. It's out in the world and talk about it. For me, I needed a little bit more. So that was my personal journey with BetterHelp. I hate it. Never doing it again. Never doing it again. Thank God this is not an ad. <laughs> Thank God I'm not. This is not an advertisement. Sorry, BetterHelp. But I do want to get into my journey now because it is my most consistent and it is the biggest investment that I have made for myself at the end of 2023 and all of 2024 and I absolutely love it. It has it has been life-changing. I will 100% say that it has been life-changing. And I didn't even realize that. And so I started my therapy journey of searching for a therapist because that's a whole journey in itself than even actual therapy. So I started in October. And I was like, okay, I feel like I've been putting this off. Everyone needs an outlet, creative outlet, audible outlet, any outlet for anything, just like no one should hold anything in. And I had been going through some things that I really wanted to get out there and get some help on. So I was also pushed by some family and friends to do it. And so when I started my therapy journey, I was like, I don't even really know. Everyone's like, it should be covered in benefits. Benefits and insurance are so annoying to work with. I absolutely 
I just despise them. Even though my insurance, I love them. They're actually very communicative and I can call them and they're very fast. They always have the answers. But the fact that I have to just like get out my insurance card, I had my member ID memorized. Like it was my actual state ID. I was always just like looking, calling them, getting like, I would call the insurance and I was like, okay, I, you know, want to know my behavioral health benefits, my deductible, all of this, what's covered, what's not. That took a while for me to understand. Uh, I also had to ask ChatGPT to dumb it down for me. Love ChatGPT. But then the next phase of after like figuring out what my benefits were and if I had behavioral sciences covered was to find um, a therapist that takes my insurance. So I asked the insurance company, I called them up because you can go and ask and say, hey, I want to find a therapist. Maybe I want them to specialize in this or this or I want to be virtual or I want to be in person. My insurance was able to compile a list of and I want it in person. So that's something to remember for this um, of a therapist within five miles from me. And they sent me a list and it was a list of probably like 10 therapists, which was super helpful. They had all their contact information. And so I went on and I was like, okay, let's just do your research on each of these therapists. And I would go and I would read the therapy descriptions and a lot of terms and things that they would throw out of like specializing in. Obviously, that was an easy one. I knew what I wanted them to specialize in. But the types of therapy, I didn't know that there was like a bunch of different ones. So I do like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. But like, I mean, there are a bunch of different like exposure therapies and other things like that. Um, but for what I wanted help with, I knew that CBT was like the most regularly used. And so I would look up all these therapists if they specialized in what I wanted, had the therapy I wanted, um, and also were in person, I would call them and then you'd have like a 30-minute consultation normally for free or you would just call them, ask questions, or find their website. That took so long. That took so long for me to like vet. It was like if you've been on a dating app, you know, you vet the people who you might like give a like to or whatever, X, yes. That's what I felt like I was doing when I was trying to find my therapist is I would go and I was like vetting them and then I would talk to them and I was like, oh, like how do I even know if I like her? You really don't. It's kind of like your gut. You really have to trust your gut. So I was vetting these therapists. I found about three therapists that I really liked in person close to me. That's great. The next issue was that a lot of therapists, they weren't taking new clients and I was like, this is crazy someone who wants help with something and then you have to be on a wait list of like two weeks. I was on a wait list for one for like two months. Um, it was just crazy. So that all of the ones that my insurance actually came back to me with, I didn't go with. But I did my research and I was on, um, I can't even remember the website, not WebMD, but like maybe my therapist, something therapy, uh, I don't know, whatever. Some website did a lot of like research on LA therapist for X, Y, and Z and found one that I loved. I mean, she, she's my therapist now. So this is now I have, I found this girl, her description matched. I called her. She had an opening. Uh, she had an opening for an in-person time that worked perfect with my schedule. And we got on a, like a consultation. We set up how often based off of what I wanted help with and what I wanted to, you know, my goals for therapy, what she specialized in. I asked her, I was like, how often do you think I should, you know, come in? 
for this. Um, and I go in weekly in person every Tuesday. And I love it. It is literally, I look forward to it. Even though I know some days are going to be like really hard, I am so happy that I found a therapist that I matched with. And for honestly a long time when I was starting therapy and like looking for therapists and then started going in weekly, which is a lot. A lot of people don't do weekly. Some people do. Some people do more. Some people do once a month, every other week. Um, it really depends. But when I was talking about like finding a therapist that I was going in weekly, I almost felt like it was a secret or I should hide it. I didn't feel very open to talking about it just because sometimes I'd be like, oh, maybe they really want to know why I'm in therapy or am I crazy for having to go in every week or is this normalized yet? I just don't totally know that it is as in I feel like people will say, oh yeah, I'm going to therapy. Um, But it started coming up in conversations for me normally because it's like part of my weekly routine and everyone in my life, I'm like an open book. Obviously I have a podcast, I'll talk about anything, but it felt like it wasn't normalized yet. And which is also a reason I want to have this podcast episode to be like, if you're thinking of going through therapy and you're like, you know, what if I'm not even open to telling people in my life? One, you don't owe anyone anything. You really don't have to. But two, it really is normal and it's good. And I think we should talk about it. And if like, it's nice to have and share details so you don't feel like you're living two lives or hiding a secret. You can just be open, especially with people in your life. Like if I'm meeting someone out at like a restaurant or a bar or a cafe, I'm not going to be like, you know, immediately talk about therapy with them. But it's nice to know that you, it should be more normalized that if it comes up in a conversation with your close friends, you can share their details and not feel like it's such a stigma. Even though it's not, 100% a stigma anymore. I feel like people are becoming more open with it. Personally, I just felt like it was. This is also because this is my first serious time going through therapy and I'm 24. So that is also something that might just be in my head because this is kind of still so fresh and new and I don't 100% know how to handle it or maybe navigate it all, but normalize it, talk about it, and it feels really good. So I found this therapist. I go in once a week. She's really close to me. And in the beginning, I felt like I was dating her. And so now I want to talk about the process. The whole process of finding the therapist and getting on the schedule, I was not able to see her until November 26th. I started the week of Halloween with my search and calling insurances and all of that. So it honestly took like a whole month. Um, so I started after Thanksgiving, went in weekly, still going weekly, and it's now February. Um, and in the beginning sessions... I really felt like I was kind of still dating her as in you have to talk and get your therapist to know you, right? Like you can't come in and just expect you to spew all of these things and for them to just know exactly any background, any context just for you. So the first few sessions, it was the first three sessions for me, honestly, we went through a series of questions and prompts and things that she had and I would just sit there and talk and I really went into detail about a lot of the questions and got it all out there because I was like if I'm gonna be here paying for it I'm gonna try and make the most of it and that was huge so definitely understand that the first few sessions are going to feel like a lot of just getting to know your therapist but push through I would say at least three sessions maybe 
less, maybe more, but I would say two or three sessions, you really got to give it some chances for them to understand what you want help with and who you are and why you're here. They won't just know. I mean, we're all human at the end of the day. So that was a huge thing. The next thing I realized is that I really had to make sure I felt like I was able to be vulnerable and open up to them. And I didn't feel like that with my first two therapists. This one, almost immediately, like I said, it took three sessions for me to go through all of her prompts. I just felt very much like it was a very safe space. And I could tell her anything and she was listening and reacting. And it felt really good. And so when you're looking for a therapist, I think that is something you need to check in is, am I able to open up to this person and be vulnerable enough for me to say and tell her what I want help with? Because they they can't read your mind. So you can't go in there and be like, you know, I think I'm going to hide this from my therapist. She'll probably dig it out of me. That's not a healthy way about it. You guys need to have a mutual understanding that both of you are to be communicative and open and make that a very big part of your relationship. And trust your gut. This is a really big thing because you will realize whether you're in person or virtual if you're going to connect with this person. And therapy is expensive. Like if I wanted to have a job that charged a ridiculous amount for an hour of work, I would go into therapy 100%. So you don't want to sit there and go through an hour session or maybe longer and be like, I just paid for that and got nothing really out of it when I could like tell my friends the same stuff. And I might even get more out of it with my friends and that's like free. So make sure that you really want to do this and are ready to open up and talk about it all. Like what you put into therapy is what you get out. If you are resistant to it, you're not going to get a lot out of it. And there are a bunch of different like phases to therapy too, especially for what I'm going to therapy for. A lot of it was like accepting it. And then it was, well, the first one is starting. So coming to terms that you are starting therapy, accepting what needs to change and then changing. But there's like the little gray area. And that's what I was in for a little bit of dipping my toe into knowing that something has to change and actually doing the action And taking the action to go through the change phase. And it's all like part of the process. And I mean, I think one, when you're in therapy, like give yourself grace and give yourself permission to accept all of these phases and accept that you are taking the first step in therapy, which is often the hardest part for people to do is to get themselves to go and to talk and to address maybe something in their life that they want to fix, that they didn't know that they needed to fix. And so give yourself grace and credit and permission to do that. Accept that there are going to be phases. And it, I hate when people say this term, especially in the beginning, I hated it. They were always like, trust the process. And I wanted to, and I still do trust the process now that I feel like I've seen the light on the other side of like some of the things, but there's no way to go around the fact that it is hard in the beginning. One, it's annoying. It's time consuming. It's really expensive. And a lot of it sometimes is really hard to just get out there and just be like, you know what? This is me in my most vulnerable state. Hi, hello, therapist. How are you? Like, it's it's tough. But I think people who go through it are resilient and brave and strong. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And it's an amazing thing when you can, like, get to do that with someone, um, especially a therapist. Like, I was dating my therapist when I was trying to get to know her. 
Now I'm married to my therapist and I tell her everything. Like I was going through or I was going through. I was going last week and I was like, oh my God, like I can't. (laughs) This is maybe this is TMI. I was like, I can't stop eating like dark chocolate and pickles. Like that is my hyper fixation. That is one of the small things I've been enjoying because we'll talk about like small things making what I was talking about earlier, romanticizing your life. And she's like, Emma, if I didn't know you better, and yes, she knows a lot about me, she would be like, I would think you're pregnant. I'm not, just so everyone knows. But it was just a funny statement of her to say that to me because it felt like something my friends would say. And it got, you know, I've been going to her since November. This is February. So now we have that banter and that level of a relationship, which I'm so thankful for because she's sweet and tender when she needs to be. She's funny when she needs to be, which is great because I need humor. And she's also very blunt and dry, which I need tough love 100%. The fact that she has all of that is one of the reasons I look forward to like going and talking to her about everything. And like I said, it, it took a while. You have to you have to just go through the process. You don't always have to trust it. It'll work out how it should. I truly believe that. But there is no other way than to just go through. And so I think, you know, therapy has changed my life. I think it'll change a lot of other people's lives. I journal after every therapy session. Sometimes I will go to therapy and feel like I could take on the world after. And sometimes I honestly feel really drained. And I've had both of those experiences. But journaling has helped me kind of go through the different phases and emotions that I feel after therapy. And in my next session, sometimes I'll even tell her like, hey, like last week, like that really drained me or like that took a lot out of me. Um, And it's just like a very open and honest communication. And I love that about that, about my therapist. So if you're thinking about going and doing therapy, please, you know, listen to this episode, maybe take notes about it, but know that you are taking a step in the right direction for yourself. And I am proud of you for thinking about it or starting it. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is episode 46, Dear Therapist. These episodes come out weekly on Wednesdays. So tune in next week. We will have a very special guest that I'm very excited about. And we will talk next week. Bye, guys.